Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You ever think it's a little weird just how many lies and how much lying the average gamer puts up with? We're talking about an industry where fakery and bluster is king, where astronomical amounts of money back something as hard to quantify as the feel of shooting a gun or moving a character. It's staggering to be standing at the beginning of the ninth console generation, a time when the industry is more lucrative than ever for some and more instant fail for others, and then wonder how much crazier it can get. With some of gaming's biggest long-form issues now common talking points, I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and these are eight lies the video game industry cannot stop telling. Number eight. Pre-order for exclusive content. Pre-ordering as a thing has absolutely ran the gamut of opinion over the years. From immortal conversations over whether you should ever pay for a game before you know what it is, you shouldn't, to deluxe bundles segmenting optional DLC like skins and weapons as broadband connections became standard, to the whole controversy over on-disc DLC. The latter saw EA and Capcom come under fire as consumers rallied under the notion that we're buying a physical disc, therefore anything on there should be accessible. With many titles going digital then, pre-orders as an entity didn't go anywhere. Anywhere, morphing into preloads which can be awesome if they're available after a review, and yet we still have tons of exclusive items offered to butter you up. The reality of literally anything labelled as exclusive though, it just isn't. Either content will become available after that initial marketing window, or it'll get bundled into a Game of the Year version of the same title sold to you the following Christmas. Number 7. That any squad game is a worthwhile single player experience. If there's one gameplay template currently doing the rounds, it's the Squad Shooter. A hybrid of late 2000s third-person action titles like Gears of War, the burst of co-op mechanics Left 4 Dead added to the mix, and the loot drive of Diablo 3, everything from The Division to Outriders, Avengers, Anthem, Back for Blood, Aliens, Fireteam Elite to Redfall has trailers of multiple main characters going up against hordes of enemies. Nothing against these games existing, of course, but it's become a go-to statement to point out that, hey, this game can totally be played single-player too. A throwaway line in marketing that still ensnares those who just don't want to play online squad shooters, the reality in every single case of these is that no game designed for group combat remotely works as a single-player experience. You can play a co-op game solo, but that's not the same as a single-player game. Health pools aren't balanced, enemy aggression and AI doesn't adapt, and if you go into that arbitrary down state, you're just stuck there with no one to revive you, forever reminded that the game is not meant to be played this way. Number 6. That anything with an online connection will work at launch. Yep, I can remember on one hand, even one finger, a multiplayer game that actually worked at midnight, whilst hundreds of thousands of players poured in. That game was Destiny. Bungie's 2014 shooter might have been all over the place, but if you wanted to dive in and do some PvP with your friends in the early hours of the morning, you totally could. 
For almost everything else though, the inevitable problem of server testing in-house versus the world's player base coming online tends to break the whole thing. Long match queues, server dips, it's always abundantly clear that server maintenance will follow, as most games can only be ready after developers have monitored traffic for a good few days or even a few weeks. Many titles are now striving for public betas, but again they're tied to pre-orders. Hampered by even more stringent developer deadlines to allow for access, or they fundamentally might put you off a pre-order, so it's better for investors if we just wait till launch. Number 5. More innovative than ever before if there's one word the industry has thoroughly overused to the point where it's lost all meaning, it's innovative. Another squad shooter is not innovative, nor is a loot system, a military first-person shooter, or a hero shooter with individual powers spread across a roster. The idea of something like Call of Duty touting innovation after following the original Modern Warfare's template for the last 14 years is almost hilarious. Obviously not saying these games aren't enjoyable, mechanically solid, or recommendable, but innovative? Pushing the medium or genre forward, coming up with anything new where we actually sit back and remark at how an established rule set was innovated upon? I can point to Dark Souls changing the way we think about action RPGs and boss fights, Gone Home inventing a whole new way to do video game storytelling, but neither were advertised as such, and they're both almost a decade old. Number 4. Target Renders Produce Fake Gameplay Reaching a notable boiling point with Cyberpunk 2077, the idea of a target render or vertical slice of an in-progress game is often just a reality of business. Shareholders need to know where their money is going, publishers have marketing deadlines to hit, and developers can sometimes benefit from seeing a snapshot of where they're collectively heading. Where it gets weird though is with everything I mentioned in regards to hype, pre-orders, and manufacturing a version of the game that starts to exist more in the minds of the masses and money men than the creators themselves. In Cyberpunk's case, that 45-minute gameplay demo journalists were shown in 2018 was literally faked. Same goes for No Man's Sky and even The Witcher before 2015. Whether or not you agree that a team doing their best to hit that render constitutes terms like a downgrade when a demo's finish line was one level instead of the full game are up for debate. The point is the general public are not applying or aware of the rules of a target render when it comes to pre-launch footage, and nowhere in the marketing handbook does it say tell the truth and risk losing sales. Number 3. You Can Play Your Way Almost the see that mountain, you can go there of the last few years, tons of top-tier studios started adapting RPG-like notions of player and class customization in titles that are not really built for deviating pathways. For example, right now I'm replaying 2003's mighty Knights of the Old Republic. At the beginning of the game, you're tasked with venturing into the Undercity to locate a companion. You're free to literally ask around the entire chunk of the metropolis you're in, quizzing bartenders and neighbours for info. The results give you everything from acquiring Sith documents to fake your way past patrols, to stealing armour from a Sith General's house party after all the guests have passed out from drinking. That is playing my way. The Witcher 2 gating off an entire half of the game because of a choice you make in the first act, that too is playing my way. What feels like channeling these age-old, more true RPG playstyles, but then not following up on it, is saying that any game with a skill tree or stat screen at all does the same thing. From God of War 2018's runes to modern Assassin's Creed's various abilities, or any number of loot shooters with unlockable damage buffs or defense modifiers, we're all still largely playing these games in the exact same way. The Avengers tried to say that each individual player's Iron Man would be completely different, but as is always the case, unless the guts of your game are a branching path narrative and a variety of gameplay approaches, that's never the case. Number 2. Almost any defense of microtransactions in full-price games 
Microtransactions became the pre-order argument of the 2010s, and though there were some heinous pay-to-win implementations across the 8th generation, we have seen titles like Rocket League, Warframe, Fortnite, and more show that if you respect the consumer, there is a way to monetize an experience over time and largely keep it fair. In general, microtransactions came from both the idea of opening a blind box of content first used in EA's UEFA Champions League 2006-2007 and the notion of any initial price point not representing, let's say, 30 plus hours of game time. Why should something that you can play for literally hundreds of hours be the same price as a campaign you can blow through in 8? Is there any way that that figure can be adjusted? As various devs have weighed in over the years, including games writer Alana Pierce, that can be a more respectful way of thinking about it. Obviously, the reality of how things went boiled down to how many pieces of this game can we slice off and charge separately for, but it wasn't about fleecing the entire populace from day one, at least from those outside EA. Overall though, the key terms are fairness and balance. The vast, vast majority of titles that have a tail long enough to be monetized have repeatable mechanics and levels that could be offered up for free, segueing into a fair monetization system afterwards. The reality is that many titles still include remnants of the mobile gaming boom that reached its worst point in 2017, coming with a console-sized price tag now because of general expectations. Even with Battlefield 2042, we're getting a title that's multiplayer only with tons of cosmetic microtransactions that's still sold at full price. The Ultimate Edition is £110. And number one, the launch dates matter anymore. When was the last time you bought a game and it worked as expected on day one? No bugs, no glitches, no meaningful content add-ons or mechanics that should have been there attached weeks later. When was the last time a developer's vision for a title dropped fully formed on day one and stayed that way? I can point to 2018's God of War, The Last of Us 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2 and that's about it. The overwhelming majority either use players as glorified test audiences, patching in gameplay tweaks or balance fixes weeks or months later, or a game is released in a genuinely unfinished state. It's got to the point now where we actively expect something to not be optimum on day one. We actively take to social media or speak to friends wondering if X element will get fixed in the next patch. It's a truly bizarre state for a medium to be in, and the single most jarring reality to come to grips with if you're new to gaming. Most titles go from being fixed post-launch to being completely overhauled. Even the term patch has gone from minor performance upticks across the 7th generation to Assassin's Creed Unity being completely replaced on Xbox One in 2014. Cyberpunk 2077 is still in active development a year after launch, and No Man's Sky overhauled itself and released multiple sequels worth of content back into the same game. Launch dates, early access, a crowdfunded prototype, save for the biggest studios on the planet, they can often be the same thing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 